Welcome back, everybody. Um, the 2023 maiden voyage. That's a great point. Where have we been? I don't even know the last time we were together. Do you, can you guys remember October before that? Halloween? Maybe TK. We, we remember we were actually worried about your status. We thought maybe maybe she had you locked in the, in the basement or something. But we're glad. We're glad to see you. And that's the most important part. <laughs> well, it is good to be back. Um, <laughs> I, are we allowed to say Happy New Year? Did everybody everybody had a good holiday? Every, everybody's good? Yeah, I never know what that statute of limitations on. What I think we... we've passed it. I, I've kind of embarrassed the show. The 18th, with that, but... probably a little late, but go ahead. Well, it's, uh, I, you know, there hasn't, um, it's, it's hard for us up here in New England to feel like it's golf season, certainly, but um, from the last time we met until now, there's certainly not a shortage of things that, that we can talk about. And, and guys, I know the three of us traded some texts back and forth yesterday about things that we want to talk about. Um, so I'll sort of throw it out there. I mean, Scotty, what's on what's on your mind right now is it feels like at least with the uh, the Hawaii events kicked off and you know back to the normal schedule of golf events. Where are we right now with the game? What's uh, what's top of mind? Uh, well, I, I think it's great to have uh, a calendar year tournament started again. Uh, my my uh, my quick thought is that. Um, the battle of live versus PJ tour is still going strong. And yet it sort of feels like, you know, live has been a little bit out of, out of sight, out of mind. Right. Um, and it's interesting what those players must be thinking because they haven't played tournaments forever. And then you look at the PJ tour, you've got, you know, now almost really a two tier PGA tour where the events that are now the, I don't know what they formally call them, but those, Marquee. Are they designated? I think is that what it what is. They're called. I think that's right. Well, the difference between designated and not de designated, I think, was clearly illustrated at the Hawaiian Open when you know the leaderboard of you know what. Look at uh, Siwoo Kim's a great player, but you know Hayden Buckley and David Lipsky, and you know that's a that's a clear indication of a two tier sort of PJ Tour. And then you've I think at Palm Springs this week when you've got. 10 of the top 15 in the world or something. So that clearly is something to keep an eye on. And I think it's great that they've enhanced tournaments, but I also will be interesting to see how the contrast plays out going forward. I, I do want to note that our good friend, Scott, I believe he may have just aged himself by calling it the Hawaiian open Matt. Did you, did, was it the Hawaiian open back in the day? It still is the Hawaiian open. The Sony, isn't it? Yeah, it's the Sony Hawaiian Open. Is it? Well, I mean, it it's the Hawaiian Open sponsored no, I, by I Sony. Love I love, I, trust me, I didn't know when you said it. I'm like, is he talking about the Sony? <laughs> Brutal. Brutal. You're now, li you're now living in a in a. Uh, in it's the called the Sony Open in Hawaii. So there you go. As I, opposed, I as opposed to the Sony Open, that's somewhere else. I had never heard of it referred to as the Hawaiian Open, so I got a. Uh, I like that. That was good. When I say Ioki, hold it on Jack Renner for Eagle on eighteen. It was the Hawaiian Open. How's that? You now you may have actually aged yourself <laughs> with that comment. Thank you for closing the loop on my comment. <laughs> and they're at they're at the Bob Hope Desert Springs Open, the, the tournament this week, and then they go to the San Diego Open. Sponsored well, by the, the Bob Hope hung around for a lot longer than probably most other ones, right? I mean, that was that's the Glenn Campbell San Diego Open, the yeah. John Deere Chrysler Classic. <laughs> I mean, we we could do this all morning, I think, but uh, I think you can hear smartphones turning off across the uh, across the state. If we if well, it's we been so long around. since we did a pod, I wonder if they're turning on for God's sake. That's a good point. <clears throat> They've moved on. Hey, let me ask, let me ask a question on, on the designated schedule, as we're calling it. Like American Express, obviously a big tour sponsor. What do you think the weight of all like because that tournament in in uh, in La Quinta has never been a big name tournament, Scott? To your point before, right? And they've got a well. Big, if you remember, Phil sponsor. Phil was the big go to right. for a bunch of years. Have, and did he have an Amex connection or some connection to I it? I believe so. Yeah, I think right. he was a. Amex so they guy. they would pull they would pull a few people here and there, like a few stars, but never you know, as you said, 10 of the top 15 or whatever the number is. 
Because that, that was an interesting one when I saw that that as a kind of premier designated event. That was a, a lot of them made sense where they put them in the calendar. They've always kind of been elevated in, in stature, if not monetary. But the American Express this week was an interesting one, I thought. That was, I don't know I, this for sure, but my guess is that there will be some that rotate too, right? That's so correct. I, in in yep. order for them right. to not yep. kill some other events. My guess is this year it's going to be at Palm Springs and, and next year it may not be one of the designated events. I think they've they've been on the record with that, that the the the, the non FedEx Cup major events or, um, you know, the real pillar events, they are going to rotate around. So they won't be it won't be the same events every year. So they can obviously get exposure in, in different areas of the country. Well, that'll be a good question for us to drill Jared on for a little pre-player show to see why and how they uh, started that rotation. So how do we feel? I mean, we we knew a lot of this stuff was coming, and this is something that we've talked about in the past, that, you know, these are reactive changes by the tour rather than being proactive based on what Liv was doing. And it's not just the, the tournaments themselves. Um you know, you've got the $5,000 guaranteed stipend for the tour players. Now you've got what a half a million dollars guaranteed. If you have full status on the PGA tour, you have life membership status. Once you get to, to 20 wins on tour, um, do, do we, does it matter that the, the, the tour did all these things in response to live or ultimately is that where you could say live was beneficial to push the tour in a more modern direction um, to ultimately become, I, I guess, a, a little more player friendly. I think you're spot on. I mean, we've, we've probably all come not full circle, but around the, the thought uh, wheel in terms of, in terms of how this all played out, you know, as I look back at it back a year ago and then, you know, the coffers being awfully, um, whether or not they were full or or whatnot, but yeah, the tour should have been more, <clears throat> pardon me, proactive earlier than they were because it just, the whole thing seemed reactive with the timeline of the way it went down in my perspective. I totally agree. And I think there's a credibility issue within that, right? Um, but I guess I would answer it this way, just like your business, TK and mine, competition is is ultimately a good thing. And the tour didn't have any, and so I think they were sort of resting on their loyal, on their laurels, and and they didn't need to. They didn't feel the need to have any change. And I think it, it was getting stale. And and while I don't love the reactionary sort of way they went about it, um, because I think it's safe to argue that if the gun wasn't put to their head, they wouldn't have made these changes. Um, and yet at the same time. Um, I think a lot of the changes make sense. I don't think all of them do, but I think uh, a lot of them make sense. It certainly seems like they were, you know, as much as I hate to admit it, Phil had some some accuracy to his his uh, his comments, and and clearly there was more money uh, in in uh, PGA Tour headquarters in Ponte Vedra than than we all knew, and so the change I think was probably appropriate. I think competition is the main reason for it. I don't think running a business in a reactionary manner makes sense long term, but I think ultimately they they had to step up and you know in many ways I think they have and and you know it's interesting. I you know, you don't hear about Phil and DJ and Brooks and Cam Smith much these days. It got to makes me wonder. I'm sure they love the money in the bank, but boy, out of sight out of mind and you know, I think while they're still going to be able to play in these majors this year in the long run, it's going to be interesting how this all plays out. I think this is a huge year for Liv. I think mm -hmm. it's a make or break because they're spending tons of money without getting any return. You know, the whole idea of sports watching is to, is to you know, help your brand make it look better. I don't think you can make any argument that it's making the brand look better for them. I mean, you can sign... Ronaldo for hundreds of millions of dollars and look a lot better than you can spending hundreds of million dollars in the golf world and keep getting bad press. So it's interesting. I think that it's 
It's still messy, but I think this is a big year for Liv. Yeah, Patty, I'll let you uh, let you your thoughts. No, I I I mean, look, we we got a full dose of of Cam hype when he won the Australian Open. What back in um, back in November? I think that's the Sony Australian Open. But um, but yeah, other than that, it is it is bizarre. Um, I guess the only other piece of news, really specific, well, a couple pieces of news specific to to live was the acknowledgement that they are going to be, these guys are going to be allowed to play in the majors. And then there was a bit of a, a shake up TK with some of the, uh, the upper level management at, at live. Um, but it's, you know, it's, it is strange. I mean, I, I don't even, have they even set a 2023 schedule? I have no idea. Isn't that amazing? They were talking about in the fall, how they're going to have all these new players and the schedule is going to be posted and they're going to have all kinds of events. And I haven't heard, seen any players sign. And I haven't seen any any tournament posted schedule. So it's, you know, and, and add to that, a few of the top executives continue to leave. I, yeah. I can't, I, in no way do I think this is um, sort of playing itself out the way that Liv had hoped and wanted. And it's yeah. hard not to think it makes Greg Norman more vulnerable, not less. Yeah, I agree. You know, Scotty, following up on a, a couple of your points, one, a couple of those guys, when you said kind of you're not front and center, uh, you know, just uh, share of mind with the with the golf consumer. I think a few of those, like the Cam Smiths and the DJs of the world, they're okay with that, right? Or that would be my perspective. Like they're they're good, riding away, taking the money, like living there. Those guys are some unique unique guys. Then you have the other side of the equation, right? You got a guy like Patrick Reed who just cannot, like he he cannot not have his name in the news, right? Like lawsuit after lawsuit, who can I sue? How can I keep my name out there? So I think you have guys on both sides of the spectrum, which then transitions into the major piece that Matt brought up. Like it'll be amazing if one of these live guys comes in and wins wins at Augusta this year. Um, There's think- no question it's adding a new uh, Augusta national dynamic, and it's going to be well. I guess my first thought is, which is going to be more exciting, two live players going against two tour stars down the stretch or the champion's dinner? That's certainly one question I have is I think the champion's dinner will be very interesting. But it's hard not to, to, to and I agree with you, TK, it's hard not to think that, you know, let's say it's DJ and Cam Smith versus Rory and Jordan Spieth down the stretch. It's hard not to think you've created a whole new dynamic and, and, you know, I'm going to be cheering for the tour guys for better or worse. I mean, others may not be, I get it, but it, it's certainly adding an element to those tournaments that has never been there before. Well, and it's, and it's a little interesting, by the way, I was going to say something mean about Patrick, but I, I'm guessing that Justine probably monitors all golf podcasts everywhere. So I don't want, I don't want to get sued if I say something mean about him, but you know, it is, it, it's, I think the masters will be an interesting dynamic because it is, let's be honest. It's the most polite and respectful crowd. And there's, you know, is that we know that in at the U S open, for instance, if it's Rory and cam Smith in the final group, I think we know who the crowd's going to be rooting for. Um, but whereas I guess, okay, there it is. There it is. TK. <laughs> It took 17 minutes to have the first Rory reference. I have you referenced him before I did. I, I thought that once someone else said the name, it was fair game. Right? <laughs> the floodgates, the floodgates are I knew I couldn't be the first one in 2023 to do it. You did it. And then I felt like I had carte blanche to say his name as many times as I want. I think the reality is that I don't care if it's Rory against anybody in the field, everyone's going to be cheering for Rory. So probably yes. Um, but yeah, I think uh, Augusta is going to be a weird, goofy dynamic with those guys there and i mean i'd i'd imagine the champions dinner always has a little element of of oddness based on the amount of personalities and egos all right what's what's vegas saying does phil show up to the champions dinner after blasting the augusta national in the past year does he show up to the champions dinner it's a great question because the other question is those guys are invited back you never know that could be the the little roadblock those guys put up or something you know but those the, the 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 champ the the Dustins the the 
So we'll let we'll, we'll let you play in the tournament, but you're no longer welcome to the Champions yeah, Center. Like you don't saying? have the same, you know, status around here. Who knows? I, I haven't heard any of that, but because I think we were all shocked in December when our friend the Hammer came out, right? Right? Came out and said that. I think that shocked all of us. I think it shocked a lot of fans. Turned out as a thumbtack. Yeah, yeah. The old thumbtack, the Irish thumbtack. <laughs> There it is. Oh, that's funny. <laughs> there it is. No, I, I think it turned out to be the right decision. You know, as much as I didn't want it to be that decision, I think that same with the British Open, right? Be true to who you are and what it is, and that if they're already exempt, then they should let them play. It doesn't mean you're happy about it, but, you know, they haven't been happy about Patrick Reed playing any year. Um, so why all of a sudden is it any different, right? And so – I think it's the right decision. I also think that they better play well in those four events because in the long run, I don't see them continuing. I mean, I don't, my personal, here's my January 18th prediction. I think this is the last year of live. Wow. I like that as a, as a bold That's prediction. A, I like that. Takes, huh? That is a well, hot I mean, so you, you look at the momentum it felt like live had last year where for better or for worse, we were all talking about it and it, you know, all of these dominoes from a player perspective continued to fall in who they were attracting. Um, but now it doesn't, now it doesn't feel like that anymore. Now it feels like everyone is more focused on the tour. And I mean, what a zoo it's going to be in a couple of weeks in Phoenix when they have the waste management and the Super Bowl. Um, going on at the same time. Well, because it, it's a designated event, which right? never been. I mean, so you're going to have everybody's eyeballs on it. Um, it's going to be a zoo down there. And that's, I mean, that's the reason they did this, right? To have the opportunities like that, to have all of the, the top 20 players um, playing in that event is going to bring eyeballs to it. Um, and it's it feels like right now it's hard for Liv to keep up. Well, I mean, one of the reasons why they haven't posted the schedule, where are they playing their tournaments? I mean, other than the Trump events, where the hell are they playing their tournaments? I mean, I, I so I just think this is not what the Saudis had in mind for good PR. This has not been good PR. And so to spend hundreds of millions of dollars to gain very little traction um, and, and in many ways hurt your product, you know, I mean, I, it just seems like something needs to happen for them to continue to resonate in any way. I don't, I don't, I just don't know. So they do have some events listed. All right. So their first event is actually, and I, I had read this, you guys have probably, when I mentioned it, they, they're going to Mayakoba, February, February 24th. Then they go to Tucson, March 17th. And they go down to, then they go to Australia in April, Singapore in April, Tulsa, Cedar Ridge, never heard of it, in May, Valderrama in June, late June, and then the Greenbrier was, I had heard this, Greenbrier in August. So those are the ones they have listed currently. So what's that, six or seven tournaments listed in eight that is months? Seven lists, seven, seven posts. I mean, I know that there were rumors of a, of a New England event, but in Massachusetts, but I'm, obviously nothing's been confirmed down there. So I did because uh, I remember seeing the Mayakoba one because obviously the tour goes there and then the tour, you know, has gone to Greenbrier in the past. Um, I, I can't remember. Is the Greenbrier been on the schedule recently on the tour? It used to be. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. yeah. So that's interesting. Uh, but yeah, to your point, Scotty, seven events posted. That's not what they were thinking, you know in terms of what they had forecasted. And also roll that out for me a little bit in terms of this will be the last year. What do you think happens? So some of these star players that are over there. Great question. And, you know, I'm obviously, I don't know the answer, but <clears throat> um, my guess, what would my guess be? My guess is some way, somehow they'll be allowed back in if Lib folds. Um, or at least, or at least some of them. <laughs> um, but that'll be interesting. I mean, so let's let's hypothetically, you know, I see a lot of Matt Wolf. He's a he's a medalist all the time, right? And I just sort of look at him and wonder, doesn't he really want to be playing in tournaments? Because he's just out there, you know, playing golf, which is great, and he's got again the bank account and all. Um, 
but wouldn't you think he'd want to be playing in tournaments? But to your question, so let's say they fold. He has no status. Does that mean Matt has to go to the Q school or go to Corn Ferry? I mean, how does that sort of evolve and play itself out? I mean, so, you know, we're obviously getting the cart ahead of the horse here by a bunch, but it's a great question. I'd be curious to see, you know, how the failed experiment will sort of play itself out. Well, I know that recently, I think, um, or maybe this was back in the fall, but Monaghan had a quote to the effect of, you know, he's not interested in somebody coming back with buyer's remorse. So, you know, if they don't get more than seven, eight, nine, ten events on the schedule, and it looks like this thing in live is going to go away. Um, I mean, you hate to say that the tour is going to be petty, especially when it comes to some of the superstars, because let's be honest, before all this happened, DJ and Brooks and Cam, those were bona fide superstars in the game. Um, and, and you, you want to have those those players participate in your events, but man, the way the whole thing was handled and and some of the the things that were said on the way out definitely burned some bridges. So you got to think there's got to be some. You know, sure, you can come back on, but you can't play for six months. You're 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 technically suspended because of of what you did with Live. It'll be it'll be interesting to see um, what happens, but it it feels like. The tour is not simply if lift folds come the middle of this year, end of this year, these guys are not going to be just welcome back with open arm. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe they will be, but you know, I hope you are wrong. It wouldn't surprise me if you, if, if you're not, but, but, uh, you know, to your point, these events are better with those players in it. Yeah. And as much as you hate their decision, they're better with those players in it. And, you know, wouldn't it be a great opportunity to take the high road and say, okay, you know, I, I, with all this animosity, I, you're probably right, Matt. But but boy, I mean, if if Liv goes away, wouldn't that be a great opportunity to say, okay, fail experiment, and uh, let's get back to who we were, and 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 have the best events with the best fields in the world. Yeah, you're right. By the way, how about how about the whiny Ian Poulter? Speaking of Liv, good lord, because because it was his birthday, and the DP World Tour didn't wish him happy birthday. I mean. The live is perfect for players like that. I mean, Sergio Poulter, you know, Kevin Nas, Patrick Reeds, who they knew, should keep who, the tour going just Ian for Poulter those guys. Was a big birthday guy. <laughs> what a what? tool. Total. I mean, golly, it's how about another note? I'm did you see the trailer for the Netflix stuff? Yes. Yeah. That looks like it's gonna be uh, entertaining. Mid-feb, Absolutely. Right? Yeah. Drops in mid-feb. Yep. Yeah. The 15th is the first episode. I mean, I, I think for all of us, you know, and I've heard some people, you know, be critical. Of, well, you're not going to see anything that's really interesting because the tour is controlling it. But I mean, I haven't watched all of the F1 show, but I watched enough of it to kind of get the gist. And I don't I don't think the tour is going to shy away from showing. To the contrary. I mean, if if whiny Poulter saying stuff that you know, I mean, they're going to definitely want that out there. Absolutely. They, I mean, they, they may protect their own players, but they're not going to protect the live guys. hundred percent. I, I think it's going to be fascinating because it's, I mean, there, it definitely feels like we've been exposed more to a lot of these players on a day-to-day basis as the years have gone on and social media has evolved. But this was, this was, again, I think a great idea by the tour to follow that model. It's one of the, as we've talked about, one of the reasons F1 became so popular in the States was because of people had access to it via the Netflix show. And I, I, I'm hoping that the same thing happens with um, with this show on Netflix, that it's not just going to be for the hardcore golf junkies. The casual golf fans are going to be able to get into it or, or folks that maybe don't even play the game are going to be able to get into it and get exposed. But I, I, you know, if they do it right, it should be fantastic. No, Matty, I think you're right. I think there will be a whole kind of undertone to the show that is not focused on the golf diehard, you know, because they're going to try to bring that social, you can even see it from the trailer. You know, they're going to try to bring the folks in that want to see the lifestyle versus the golf. And I, I think that's probably what the show you know, it'll have that intertwined throughout. So it brings in multiple consumer bases. I would think, you know. Yeah, I, I, I think the behind the scenes, the family dynamics, 
we all imagine this glamorous life on tour and for a certain subset of players it is, but you know, when we had Austin Smotherman on last year, you know, we, we were asking him it's, I mean, he's grinding out there. It is, it is not a glamorous lifestyle for a lot of the players that are out there right now. And I think exposing people to that reality of what it's actually like for the rank and file players on tour is going to be enlightening to people. And I think, you know, one of the things I've felt like recently is there seems to be this acknowledgement more so than the past of how difficult it actually is to win on the PGA tour and what it actually means to have won on the PGA tour, because the list of people that have done that, when you look at that compared to the list of people that have played on the PGA tour is pretty damn small. Um, and it, it is beyond life changing for a player to win on tour. And I, I think that's the stuff that's really interesting. It's it's great to follow Jordan or Rory around and and to see what their day to day life is like. But let's be honest, if th- those guys never have to hit another golf shot if they don't want to, I mean they're they're set for life. Whereas it's they don't have to story. worry about the TSA um, issues, right? Correct. They they're don't not, have to worry about their golf clubs getting coach, lost, right? right? So their world is quite different. Yeah. But yeah, it's it's an exciting time for I think the tour to roll that out. Um, and it, you know, again, not to bring this back to live, but we're talking about the lack of momentum here. You got the tour season kicking off because I think most of us don't pay attention as much to the wraparound events at the end of last year. But here you have the Hawaii events, and and you know you know what's coming up on the schedule, and then you've got this Netflix show. It's it's a lot of momentum for the PGA Tour right now. Yeah, it's all good news for them, right? Yep. As opposed to where they've been, which is which is I think a healthy thing for the tour. Who's the breakout star of 2023, as like Scotty Scheffler was to 2022? Mm. That's a great question. Because think about last year. This time, Scheffler was Parker he, Cootie. Yeah, yeah, that's who you're going with. Yeah, which brother? Which brother? The one who's just turned pro. He won. Uh, he won that Pebble event that I played in, you know, that the Taylor yep. made Pebble event. Yep. He is a star in the making. I think There's he's twins. Gonna be. They're twins, right? Yeah. So I think it's Pearson is the one who's still got another year of school or still staying or something like that. But I know Parker's turned pro and he's the one who turned down huge money from live yep. without hitting a ball. Right. And so, um, and he's, he's uh, Charles Cootie's grandson. Yep for trivia, you know, who won the masters. I know that's, that wasn't the wine open time, but it's before the wine open time. Um, but anyway, uh, I think that was one name that jumps to mind. All right. And, that, and that's an interesting one. You're taking like, you're going deep because, you know, Scheffler in theory wasn't a star, but you know, he was the 11th, 12th guy in the Ryder cup the year before, like he was showing flashes on the tour. Cootie is, I mean, he's got, he's got big upside for sure. I like, I like that. That's a long call. Another Texas Longhorn. Yep. It's a heck of a program down there. That's for sure. Right. You know, who do you guys see? Um, you know, maybe I'll go a guy who's a little bit older. Um, I think he's, I'm looking right now. He's 29 actually, but, uh, you know, maybe Denny McCarthy has a real breakout year. Um, Certainly seems like he's got plenty of game. He can put the lights out of it. Um, and I'm a little biased. He's a DC local guy. I think he was born in Maryland, went to UVA. Um, I got to see him a little bit down at the uh, the U.S. Open last year. So maybe uh, maybe Denny McCarthy kind of has a breakout year. That's that is the opposite side of the spectrum, right there, right? Right. Than uh, than Cootie. But if you pot well like Denny does, you're you're a win-win. Oh boy, that guy can that guy can roll the rock for sure. He can roll it, man. So putting matters, right? Absolutely. That was facetious, meaning I wish I could putt like Denny McCarthy. (laughs) (laughs) You probably wouldn't be doing this podcast if you could. (laughs) You wouldn't be putting lefty. Uh, This is not who I'm taking because I think he's already at quasi star level but i think tom kim's gonna have an enormous year um i think he's too he's already there to, to pick as like the breakout star because he, he really kind of came on the scene the, the second half of last year no it's true he's and he's legit you know when 
when all these guys speak about somebody in some degree of, of awe and you hear tour guys talking about how good Tom Kim is, I think that's a great call, TK. Yeah. You know, he's top 20 in the world ranking, so I don't know that it's a that's why I mean, I'm that's saying. it's such a great point, Scott, because who's a better judge? We watch these guys on TV and you hear announcers talk about them. But when the players notice someone's game, that's that sort of makes you pay attention a little bit more because those guys know who the elite of the elite are. And if they're if they're talking about him, um, that, and that it sounds like he's a heck of a babysitter for Jordan Spieth, too. So. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. Right. Yeah, I'm gonna throw a little. This is a long shot one. I like I like JJ Spawn to win a few times. Oh my god! There Just because go. he had two good weeks in the Hawaiian Open, the champ. No, no, he, he tuck did. your shirt in, bro. He actually did. Uh, wow! Now there's an old get off my lawn phrase. Right <laughs> okay, there, you go. Now you tuck my shirt in, bro. There you are. Uh, there's the question: Do you care if shirts are tucked or untucked? I mean, I don't really care. I just, I, you know, aesthetically to me, you just put look a little more put together if your shirt's tucked in. I, and, you know, it actually bothers me playing when you realize that, you know, the back of it's come untucked, that you want to you want to look a little more put together. But look, whatever. At the end of the day, if that's what suits him best and he wants to play with his shirt untucked, what do I care? I, I tend to agree that I think it looks better um, to have it tucked in, but. You know, I sense there's a there's a a push to be more casual, right? And so well, I think that's what it is, Scotty. It fits. Um, you know, I the shirts I obviously the golf shirts I have are not going to be worn untucked because they're not that style, right? But as style changes, to your point of more casual, you're trying to attract different people to the game, whether or not that's via music, right? Uh, it, they're all in the same ballpark, right? Untucked shirts, music. How do you handle yourself on the course? So it's all kind of fits in that. Well, same it's the impact and influence of the of the barstool sort of generation, if you will. Don't you think? I mean, people from yeah. other sports and are now finding golf cool and fun. And I think that people like it or, or places like barstool have that impact. And I think it's in general very good for the game. Yeah, you need to let people consume the sport the way they want to consume it. You can't box people in and say, this is the way that you have to do it. For a game that's been that way historically for a long, long time, this is the way you're supposed to do things. Yeah, um, we have been telling them what to do rather than, I, I like the way you phrase it, they should consume it as they would like. Right. I mean, it's it's one of the biggest hindrances to to getting people involved in the game is that you know they're they're nervous showing up to a golf course. And I think an environment where people can come as they are and play the game the way they want to do it. I think the more that we can have those opportunities and have that outreach to people and not, not shame somebody because they don't dress in a way that we think they should dress. Um, I, it only, it only helps the game for future generations. That's for sure. Well, I I'm of the belief and I've always thought this was a good sort of way to go about it. Anything goes as long as it doesn't have a negative effect on anyone else on the course. hundred percent. Right? I think that's a good way to sort of use it. Do what you want within your foursome. Yep. Um, and as long as it stays within that foursome and doesn't have a negative effect on anyone else in the course, have at it. Have fun. Like jumping no in ponds. What's that? Jumping in lagoons. Does that? Um, that's that's a good example. It, yeah. it stayed within our, well, ate some. <laughs> <laughs> By the way, the scene of the crime is coming up for Super Bowl weekend again for um, – Tyler Evil Knievel Kelly is he going to make his jump <laughs> over the, over the was there season. okay not to digress here too much was there disrobing before this happened that was one of the things that I haven't quite got my arms around and and so as the story goes uh, listeners we have an eight some playing in a four per four v four scramble in the afternoon of the Super Bowl a couple of years ago. And our dear friend TK decides that well, for whatever lead up, reason. Lead up to it. There's some money on the line. We're on the eighth hole. Right? Yep. This, this is, yep. This All that. But <laughs> but out of the blue, he we hear this. Toby, if you make that effing putt, I'm jumping in the water. And all of a sort of giggle and chuckle and thinking, yeah, right, whatever. And then next thing you know, Toby makes it. And before we could even think about what's happening, Todd is going to sprint in the 
alligator infested waters. <laughs> and what I didn't understand, and to your question, Matt, why was the shirt being disrobed as he's sprinting into the water? I mean, of all the decisions you're going to make, that was the one that became paramount to him that he didn't want to soil his shirt or god i wish we could have the people see what tyler is doing right now he's 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 leaning back in his chair trying not to make eye contact with scott no, I'm right actually now. just chuckling i mean it's it's 95 percent <laughs> told told accurately by the way we were one up after that putt, so really thank you <laughs> feel yeah. free to to uh yeah. update the other five percent that i was inaccurate with yeah yeah so that, here's the question why the disrobing of the shirt is really how we got here. Okay. So we're on day three of a buddy's golf trip at five o'clock in the afternoon. You think I know why I took the shirt off pre, pre-pond? Pre-pond. Uh, that's, okay. that's a pretty good explanation right there. I think that's all you really need. That's hole, hole 26 of the third day, right? After a two-hour lunch break inside. Yeah, you can imagine what's happening. And let's what, be fair. It wasn't like he was hanging out in the water it was a quick in and out which again um whenever i tell other people about the story they said does did he know there were alligators in that water all right so here's this and then a side note Adam, alligators on, snakes james driscoll former tour player was on the third hole second hole scotty what, what is the other hole across the pond there either way afterwards upstairs he goes by the way dude that was one of the most athletic moves i've ever seen getting out of that pond <laughs> so we got that going for us. So that's that's his tech takeaway, Matt, yeah. is that James Driscoll called him an athlete. <laughs> for getting out of a, a an alligator-infested pond quickly. <laughs> Without a shirt on. And, and Toby's <laughs> one of the great punters of all time, so... Oh, that's too funny. Well, before we sort of wrap this first show of the year up, I think I think we did this last year. Let's... Uh, Let's have everybody throw out a bold prediction. I think Scott, we already have one from you, but uh, yeah, I think live is the last year, and that's as bold as it's going to get. I, I think that is. I, I like that a lot. I think a lot of us purists are kind of hoping that happens. But sitting here right now on January eighteenth, um, it doesn't seem like they've got a lot of momentum. So um, I like that one. TK, what do you have? Great question. <laughs> Thank you. Hey, Matt, great question. Now, now remember, th this is well, you will not get mocked for your bold prediction, right? So this no, is it's like not even that. It's like Scotty has gone so far off the reservation with his that I don't even know where to come in on this. Okay, on this here I'll I'll give you mine. Four first-time major winners this year. Whoa, whoa! I think we should do our major picks, but I so I actually have two two first-time major winners in mind, but that, that's, I like that. By the that way, is, that's, but if I may, that means Rory's not winning. Yeah. It's that's the bold. emotional hedge again, guys. <laughs> that is bold. That's bold for sure. <laughs> You're nothing if not consistent. I'll be wearing my Northern Ireland flag on the 5th of April when the master starts. But yeah, I'm going to say right now that it's going to be four first-time major winners. <laughs> All right. <laughs> TK? I know. I'm so trying to think of... Uh... Really? You know, I'm trying to wonder like how much time Monaghan has left. Whoa. In charge. How long no. has he been commissioner? He's Not a young no. man. He's What's been... And, I mean, he's a young man. I don't see it in the sense of... Oh, he's extremely young. He actually... He, yeah, he looks older than... Yeah, Fincham and, and Dean Beeman did it for, forever, so... so yeah, too long, uh, some would say. You know what I mean? They should have transitioned. They somewhat they should should have transitioned a little bit earlier. Um, and if my but, prediction is true, then there's no chance yours will be. Yeah. No, I would, no, they're I the would opposite end of the that. spectrum. Live 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 folds. He is legend. He wins. Yeah, he wins. For sure. Um if he doesn't, I just think there's a lot of pressure because of how we opened up this show with um how they were reactive in the reactionary fashion of how everything happened. You know what I mean? I think there's some pressure for them to to really produce this year some star moments on the tour. You know? I mean, I could I could see that if if Liv does again become more relevant, that you know, when they pick off a couple more players, at what point is it the juice isn't worth the squeeze? You know, it was an easy job when things were humming along and you didn't have this, and now you have this constant 
threat of players leaving and a bottomless pit of money coming from live, you know, he's made his money, get out, you know, and, and not have to fight these battles and he'll have some soft landing spots somewhere doing some sort of consulting or something. I, I mean, in that regard, I could see it, you know, this isn't what I signed up for. I'm we're, we're just going to have to keep fighting this battle with them and it's never going to end. And at some point, you're going to have to sit down with them and figure out how to make this all work. Because if they keep picking off superstars, you're losing some of the pull that you have. Um, I could see it in that regard, but uh, you know, will a live player win a major? Ugh, God, you hate, you just hate, you feel gross saying yes, but no, it's hard to, it's hard to, you know, you can't count people like, you know, Talk about a guy who can put it in Cam, right? Well, Cam's Cam's the guy. Cam's the guy that easily DJ. I don't know that I don't know that DJ actually gives a hoot anymore. I, I really gives don't. a hoot. Gives a hoot. We going you PG, want me to drop an F? rated in 2023. You I want thought me to drop, be- you want me to drop an F bomb? <laughs> I thought your kids listen to this show. Two of our four listeners. Trust me, they've heard it plenty. Yeah. <laughs> Called a Notre Dame football game. Yeah, I think Cam Cam's the one you'd have to consider. After that, I I, I just don't think DJ has the – you gave him all the coin. I'm not sure he really loved golf in the first place. I just think he was really, really good at it, you know. Um, I don't know. That, that would be the live guy that could easily do it. And then you say, all right, where does he do it? Does he do it at Augusta National? Does he do it at Oak Hill? Does he do it at LA Country Club? Does he do it at – Point Lake and go back to back in the open. Um, you know, I don't know. Cam Smith's the guy who easily could do it. You know, he just Cam Smith is so likable. You know, he just seems like an everyman. You know, after he won the Australian Open, sponsored by Sony. Matt, you said it was a Sony. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I mean, he's out, the, he's out at the bar with his buddies, right? Yeah. It's just the guy's just the guy. He's an everyman. You know. Um, so anyway, did we actually get a prediction from did we get a bold prediction from Tyler anywhere he's there? really waffling I mean I don't know what's happened to him since in this winter of Seriously. what's going on it's just a big miss <laughs> it's it's more than a three-way it's just a big miss <laughs> just a big miss the biggest he's man. a little rusty Matt give him you know he's a little rusty I don't know you threw me for a loop when you said Liv was going to shut down which I was like wow <laughs> Yeah, that was simply a prediction based on no fact whatsoever. Well, he wants to predict major winners. I got no clue. I got nothing. Oh, you can just, you just said four first time winners. So throw it out there. Well, now I got to go find four non winners and pick them. (laughs) By the way, uh, Rochester, New York in mid May could be fairly interesting from a uh, weather standpoint. I thought, I agree. And when they moved the PGA Tour to May, I thought that put a lot of the northern venues in a in a very precarious position. You know, I mean, that's by the way, that's easily road tripable. Yeah, Rochester's not that far. Hmm. What are you saying? Is there an NHGA van going? <laughs> oh, I'd love to load that thing up and head out head out west to Rochester. <laughs> Although you will have to look at the weather because it might be snowing there in May still. So I got uh, Brett Wilson today. I got Matt Schmidt next week. And I got Tyler Kelly in a month. That's what my prediction for my next five weeks is. It's going to be. What did you say? You got Wilson coming down today? Brett Wilson and his dad today and tomorrow. Maddie on Monday. Uh, Maddie comes down and we play Tuesday. And then. For the show, yeah. You and, and Havana daydreaming show up in a month. Havana banana. He's coming. He might actually already be in. He might already be in West Palm. You just don't know it. Well, he was here last <laughs> two weeks ago. Well, I'm excited. It's it's been a couple of years for me since. Be- Although I think I actually came down in 20 right before COVID started. Um, buddy was down there as well, Scott. I think oh, that was right. the last last time I've been down. So it's been a been a couple of years for me. So I'm excited to get back down there. So Ranger I'm 13. I'm going to give Maddie the bold prediction here, which actually goes against my major picks. Rory completes the Grand Slam. Wow. It would, it would sure be nice. I mean, I think it would be. That's that's a mic drop for Matt Schmidt if I ever saw one. It would, it I mean, would, it would certainly be nice. 
So do you actually have all four of your majors predicted, TK, since you brought this up? I did. I went, I was going to go, because you said four first-time winners. I actually led the year off with two. I thought Zal Torres would win the Masters. Yep. I think Finau. Finau is going to do something special this year. So a long putter. Has a long putter won the Masters? Actually, was Adam Scott long putting it when yep. he won? He was, yep. yeah. Right. He was. There you go. I mean, Will, early in his career, has just competed there every time. And he just continues to get better and better. Now, mind you, that's if he's fully healthy here. We'll see. Uh, Finau at Oak Hill. I think Rom just loves that California swing. He wins at LA Country Club. And I had Rory winning at Hoylake. So that was my I four. I like that. Hmm. Here's another question. Does the, does the European team have any chance in the Ryder Cup? I mean, uh, I know saying any chance, yes. but man, they were a mess. Um, that would have been the bold prediction that the Euro, Euro, European team wins the Ryder Cup. I think Cup. that would be a very bold prediction. But I, but because I, said, I don't even, to your point, Matt, I don't think it's, I don't even know that it's possible. Scotty maybe does. I, I disagree. I think they're a, a young team. They're going to be more competitive than people think. Well, look, in a lot of ways, them. I mean, getting, they got two of the best players in the world just to start with, with Rory and John Rahm. I mean, correct. That's, you know, and you only have to play eight. I think they've got a, a, a better team than people think. I, I think them, you know, the U.S. needed a wake-up call a, a number of years ago. And I think, you know, them dragging in the the old horses, the, uh, the Sergios and the Polters of the world, thinking that they could recreate some of the magic they've had recently, not realizing that they needed to get young and um, a little more energetic. Um, I think in some ways you're right, Scott, that them getting blown out two years ago, obviously not not yet two years ago, may have been one of the worst things that could have happened from a, a U.S. rooting standpoint because they they were forced to get serious about it the same way the U.S. was when we had to have the task force created and all that nonsense because we we couldn't compete. So um, it'll be it'll be interesting after that bludgeoning a couple of years ago. I don't know, Scotty. I, I agree. They got two of the top four. Then you throw in Hovland, Fitzpatrick, right? Then you're down to Shane Lowry. I think Robert McIntyre is really good. I think Fleetwood's a good competitor. I think the Hogard twins are going to, I mean, I, Alex Norns. I think they're, they've got more good players than I think we think. And I also think that, you know, Poulter, Westwood, Garcia. Yeah. Um, they were great, but, I'm not sure they would have made the team this time around anyway. Yeah. So, no. So I look at, do I think that they are underdogs? Absolutely. I just said, they're going to be more competitive than we think. I don't think they're going to win, but I think they are going to be better than people believe that they are. Well, it's, why am it's, I, why am I ahead. spacing on the U S captain right now? Zach Johnson, it's Zach Johnson. Yep. Can I have an amen? I just saw Davis love was named the vice captain like in the last week or so. I, I wish they would then bring in some, get this transition of succession started versus bringing Davis back in. I don't, I don't really love that. By the way, we've had almost an hour of a golf podcast and who have we not mentioned once? Tigger. Yep. Is he going to play? Yeah, he'll play. He's yeah, I think play. he'll play. He's definitely um, going to play at LA Country Club for sure. He's going to play at Augusta yeah, too. Well, that's, yeah. that's he'll play there for forever. He's but been he's out here a little bit, so he's he's definitely playing. But yeah, I mean, I look. I think it's he, he, what did he what did he turn back in December? How old is he now? Forty seven. Sound right. I mean, nobody eventually nobody beats Father Time, and and you combine that with the wear and tear in his body, it's. It's it's hard to see uh, any sort of path forward to winning. Although with him, you can never say never. Um, but yeah, I think that the uh, I mean, he's admitted it. It's going to be an extremely limited schedule, and it's all going to be based on his body telling him what he can do. Yeah, I mean, he may not even be able to play all four majors like last year. So yep. you know, well, I knows? think that's but, absolutely. And Matt brings up a point of you know Oak Hill, Rochester in May. 55 degrees and windy. Oof, and that's... Max, Max could be could be 35 in the morning. I mean, he's not yeah. playing okay. No way. So all right. I think well, the LA piece, the LA, you know, with him being from LA, he's going back to play in the at LA Country Club, which I think. 
do do you no, never mind we'll save that topic for another day do you guys find it creepy how much people obsess about charlie on social media uh creepy maybe not the word i would use but it's certainly um setting him up for failure i think right? it's it's a it's a ridiculously level of undue pressure and i think it's it's crazy expectations absolutely for, so you know, I mean, say, if know, he was a good college player, that would be an achievement, right? right? And yet they, the people are having him. So I think it's. There's other just, folks that have said that he's even in like the Florida junior tour, or whatever that's called, that he doesn't even kind of he'll top 10 it, but not win it. Which, it. which, you know, that may be nothing as well. Right. I mean, but it's, it's fair to say at this stage of his career, he's not an elite golfer of his age. Right. And, and that's, to your, that's what I was trying to compare it to your point, Scotty, of yeah, and his dad was running away with every tournament he ever entered. Ever. After the age of eight or whatever, you know, so <laughs> it's just different. Well, I mean, yeah. And to Scott's point, it's not fair for him to, to, to have those expectations of a bunch of fanboys on social media. And I just hope that the kid can end up having as close to a normal lifestyle being Tiger Woods kid as you can have. I, I'm not saying it's going to yeah, be normal back, at all. I'm saying that, it's close to normal. First of all, back that off. If the golf irrelevant normal lifestyle, <laughs> that doesn't exist in that fashion. And well, I hope. Okay. How about this? I hope he's not too screwed up at the end of the day. How about that? That's a better question. That's a, that's, that's a, that's a good question. I mean, he's basically. Uh, does the, he like, like Perkins restaurant? Oh Lord have mercy. <laughs> that's a good, that's a good place to end just the parking lots of them. Okay. Um, so I, I've made myself speechless. All right. I think, I think <laughs> we'll call that a wrap on the first episode of 23. We will certainly get back into it with a uh, a more regular schedule of shows we'll bring back some of the the guests that we've had in the past i think we have to get learner on again don't we he's been so yeah. great yeah uh, we got jared lined up for the players we got rich hopefully lined up for the masters we'll get one in here in february right for sure we we appreciate everybody's patience and and uh, again appreciate all the the feedback we've gotten but i, I think we're happy to be doing this again and, and looking forward to another Really fun golf season, that's for sure. Great to catch up again, boys. All right, gentlemen. We'll talk See soon. See you all soon. All right, boys. Stay thirsty. Take care.